The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Uh, how are the Montreal Canadiens now, folks? Well, the season is over. They have the top odds in the draft lottery that's coming up pretty soon. And they just beat the Florida Panthers 10-2 to in their final game of the season. Hello and welcome to episode 82 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and this is the final episode, the final time that you'll be hearing my voice, at least for a little while. Well, who knows? I mean, we, we will definitely have. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to spend, you know, 45 minutes giving you a postmortem on this season or anything. We're going to have something coming up on Habsent Minded uh, pretty soon to talk a little bit about that. But I want to talk about this game uh, and what it means. 10-2, to two, man. 10-2. to two. Now, I know this was not, you know, the regular Florida Panthers roster. Right, they had a lot of AHL guys. They're they're testing out maybe some black aces for the playoffs. Um, not not very good goaltending for them in that game, but uh, it was quite a show by the Montreal Canadiens for their final game. And they started off hot and stayed hot. They got three goals on their first three shots in that game. Started out, Jordan Harris gets his first NHL goal early on. Uh, takes a point shot, deflects off a Panthers defender and goes in, makes it one to nothing. Not too long after that, David Savard takes a point shot. That one gets stopped, but it gets cleaned up in front by Mike Hoffman. He puts it in, makes it two to nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. And their second shot of the game and their third shot of the game comes from none other than Cole Caulfield. Just skates in on the right-hand side and fires a precision laser into the net, makes it three to nothing. And at this point, they're cooking. And you can feel something special is going to happen tonight, right? Uh, they get a power play just after the midway point of the period. Brendan Gallagher takes a, pa- a beautiful pass from Mathieu Perrault uh, on the right hand uh, Inside the right face-off circle, he puts it in, uh, makes it 4 to nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, later on, however, the Florida Panthers get a power play. Former Hab Ben Sherratt takes a pass from some guy I've never heard of. One of those black aces, I guess they were testing out before the playoffs. He beats Carey Price, uh, makes it 4-1. to one. And that was the score at the end of the first period. But we're feeling pretty good at that point, right? We've already locked up top odds. Like I said at the end of last game, what do I want to see? I want to see a little bit of fun in this final game. And the Habs keep that fun going in earnest in the second period. Early in the second period, Cole Caulfield again gains the zone splits the defense, dangles, finishes backhand upstairs, 
and makes it 5-1 to one for the Montreal Canadiens. Beautiful goal. I'm going to have a highlight of that one for you in the article on Eyes on the Prize for sure. And uh, just a beautiful goal. Absolutely beautiful goal for his second of the night. Not long after that as well. Habs gained the zone. Christian Dvorak just puts it on a platter for Mathieu Perrault. Uh, great game from him as well. He claps that one in. Makes it 6-1 to one for the Montreal Canadiens. Later on. Jake Evans gets absolutely stoned on a breakaway, but he gets it back in the same shift. Brennan Gallagher throws it out to Rem Pitlick. He slides it out in front for Jake Evans. He puts it in, makes it 7-1 to one for the Montreal Canadiens. And then <laughs> it, they're not done in that period. Josh Anderson takes a shot. Uh, rebound lands literally on Christian Dvorak's blade in front of the net. He puts it in, makes it 8-1. to one, And that is where the second period would finally end. Not much happening early on in the third. Uh, There was a very beautiful glove save by Carey Price. Again, I will put a highlight of that in the article on Eyes and the Prize for you all. Um, Price actually looking quite good in this game. More on him later. But Habs, not done. They wanted to get some more action. Near the midway point of the period, Cole Caulfield gets his first career hat trick. Gets a pass in the slot, just puts it through everybody. Makes it 9-1 to for the Montreal Canadiens. Hats on the ice. Cole Caulfield chance echoing through the Bell Center. We're having some fun, folks. And then right at the midway point of the period, we get the goal we were all waiting for. Right off a of face-off, you know, there's a bit of a tie-up, a bit of a scramble in the face-off circle. Tyler, Pick- Tyler Pitlick gets it. Uh, beats Johansson, makes it 10 to 1. And with that 10th goal, you know what's coming, right? Our dearly, dearly departed Guy Lafleur, there are Guy, Guy, Guy chants echoing through the Bell Center pretty much for the remainder of that game. What a beautiful moment. I mean, in this shit sandwich of a season, we lose one of the greatest players to ever lace up a pair of skates, certainly one of the greatest greatest Montreal Canadiens to ever lace up a pair of skates. And then, for him, they score 10 goals, of course, in honor of his number 10 that hangs in the rafters of that same Bell Center, in the Bell Center, against the Florida Panthers. Uh, Noel Akiari got another one to make it 10-2 to two at the end, but, but nobody gives a shit at that point, right? We got 10 goals in honor of Guy Lafleur in the last game of the season. What an amazing moment. I mean, uh, I'm I'm not I I am a pretty emotional dude, but I'm I'm not somebody who cries very often. I came pretty goddamn close to crying uh, when I when I heard that when I saw that. Um, what a moment! I mean, it's been a tough year, and I think they needed that. I think um, the fan base needed that. I think even if it came against a Florida Panthers team that's that's icing a bunch of black aces, basically this is exactly what we needed to see. I mean, Jonas Johansson had a very rough night in net for the Florida Panthers, but the Habs put 37 shots on him. I mean, you put up 37 shots, good things tend to happen, right? You're not always going to get 10 goals, uh, but you're you're going to have a pretty good night for the most part. And the Florida Panthers weren't exactly complete slouches either. They put 39 shots on Carey Price. Carey Price had a great night. A great night. Like I said, 
in the third period, he made a ridiculous glove save on Ben Sherratt. Flashed the leather, did the whole arm whip and everything to go along with it. Again, I'm going to have a highlight of that in the article on Eyes on the Prize. It was a great game from him. I was not expecting him to even play in that game. We know he traveled to New York to get a medical evaluation. I don't know what was going on. I mean, his previous game was really not good. He looked great in this game. He looked not quite vintage, you know, unbeatable carry price, but the the two goals that were scored on him, and there was nothing he could do about either of those. Like, this gives you some confidence that, you know, if, if they're sticking with him, if he's not getting traded or anything in the offseason, I don't know. Give him a full offseason to rehab so you really take care of it. Um, hopefully, make sure that you have proper support in place for him next year. So he doesn't have to play like 70 games or something stupid like that. He's there. He's there. That was a great game from him. But I'm not going to give him player of the game uh, because I think everybody knows where I got to go with player of the game. I got to go with Cole Caulfield. Man, first hat trick of his career comes in the final game of the shittiest season that any of us have seen in our lifetimes. Right? The last time the team sucked this bad was like 1939-40, I think. Um, <laughs> my grandmother was the same age that my son is right now, the last time the Habs were this bad. So, guaranteed, nobody listening to this podcast has seen a team that performed this badly throughout the course of the season. But, when you have a game like that from Cole Caulfield, and you have just the way that he finished his season in general, since Martin Saint-Louis took over the bench, there's reason to believe that this team is not that far off from getting back to where they were, from getting back to competing for a Stanley Cup. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that's going to be next year. I'd love it to be, of course. Nothing would make me happier than seeing them get in the 2022-23 season, get right back to where they were and be competing for a Stanley Cup in the final. But let's face facts, right? This roster has some issues they need to work on. But Cole Caulfield, man, he has really come on. By the end of that game, he's one goal off the rookie lead for goals. This, after starting his season, scoring only one goal the entire time that Dominique Sham was coaching. Again, I say, we were probably robbed this year of a Calder Trophy winner. And I'm not going to lay that entire blame on Dominique Sham, but I think anybody who listens to this podcast knows my opinion. Um, <laughs> if we had Marty St. Louis from day one, I gotta think he'd be a little bit closer to really being in that conversation and to maybe taking the spot of a Moritz Cedar or or a Trevor Zegris, whoever ends up winning that that trophy. I think it's gonna be Cedar, but who knows, right? I don't get a vote. <laughs> but if you if you did get a vote and you were allowed to vote only based on the second half of the season, you'd obviously be voting for Cole Caulfield. And what an amazing end of the year from him. I mean, he's your he's your silver lining of the entire year, if you will. So don't sleep on this team next year. I mean, I think they're probably in for a tough season again. I don't think they're going to be so bad that they're going to be back in the same position they are right now. I, I, 
I hope not. But at the same time, Connor Bedard's up for grabs uh, in next year's draft. So maybe you want to be in that position. But I, ju- I just don't see it. I, I, don't, I think this team has too much talent um, to be right back there, especially if they have Carey Price for a full season. Um, I think they might even be able to challenge for a wild card spot. We'll see. There's still a lot of time between now and that season even starting. So we'll have to see what kind of moves they make because, of course, you know the, the team as it's currently configured, uh, even with Carey Price, I don't see them challenging for a wild card spot. I'm saying I think they have the, the pieces in place that could challenge for a wild card spot if you make the right moves. So we'll have to enjoy the offseason. We'll see what it brings. Um, I, I, I like the direction that they're heading in. Um, we have a lot of picks coming up in this draft, and one of them is going to be very high also. It might be Shane Wright. It might be Logan Cooley. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see what happens in the lottery. But I can tell you, if they get one of those two guys, I think either one of them would be a great pick. I think either one of them could jump right into the lineup next season, maybe. Uh, Cooley, I think, is going to the NCAA, though, so he might not be available for you right away. But uh, right, I think he jumps in right away. Uh, Slavkovsky, if they if they end up in the third spot, uh, I think he jumps in right away. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of interesting things coming up, um, so a lot to look forward to. And when you look at you know the, the, the players that are considered to be the future of this team, like Cole Caulfield, performing the way that they have at the tail end of this season... I like this team's chances of getting back sooner than later. We'll see how much sooner than later that could possibly be. Um, I'm going to cut it off there. Like I said, uh, I don't need to make a whole postmortem out of this. Uh, we're going to have something coming up uh, within the next couple of days, maybe even this weekend for Habsent Minded, where we'll talk a little bit more about the, the overall results of the season um, and you know what we want to see from them in the offseason and from the draft. And uh, we'll get right back at it. So this is certainly not the last that you're going to hear from me. I appreciate everybody who took the time to, you know, listen to my rants all season long. I know early in the season it was probably very tiresome to continually hear me calling for the firing of coaches and whatnot. But uh, what else did you want me to do at that point? And I got what I wanted, didn't I? I did. And uh, and things got better. Uh, but in order for things to get better... Sometimes they they have to get worse, and uh, this season is an example of that. Things got got a heck of a lot worse than they were last year, and we'll see if they can uh, parlay that into some future success. Um, I believe, I believe that they can. So thank you everybody for listening. We're running what? Uh, well, about fifteen minutes. So since soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for listening all season long. And as always, à la prochaine.